0: Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica.
1: And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture,
0: interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life.
1: This is Abhishek and Jessica. I've got a new pink office. Uh, Yeah, the walls are pink because that's what the landlord wanted to do. It's a common color in our neck of the woods.
0: It's very inspiring. It's like three of the walls are pink, the door is yellow, and one of the walls looks like the color of liver. So it's a very inspiring space, and we're just really feeling it today. (laughs) We're glad to have an office. So today we again went on social media and wanted to ask all of you what biggest misconceptions about the West are in India. Previously we had asked what are the misconceptions about India that the rest of the world has and we flipped that now. What are the misconceptions about the West in India?
1: Not the rest of the world but the West, right? We don't know the rest of the world what misconceptions they have about India. but. But yeah, it's our attempt to give it a shot on the misconceptions about the West that Indian people have. So not all Indian people, because there are one billion people here, and many Indian people have relatives all over the world. So not every Indian is the same, and they don't have all same misconceptions. And there's a lot of debate when Indian people get together, what's good in the West and what's not good in the West. So it's just, we're going to try to cover a few things that we think many people, especially people who don't have any connections to the West, uh, general like masses of people who have only heard Second or third had information about the West, or their thinking is shaped by the media, their thinking is shaped by uh, what they hear, or their other people that have told them from India have, you know, that's what has shaped their views. So, those are the people that we are usually referring to, not the people who are actually well traveled or have relatives and go in and out of the country constantly and sort of are usually well-rounded.
0: So just to preface by asking the question, what actually do we mean by Western culture? When we say Western culture, we're talking about Europe, North America, including the United States and Canada, not including Mexico necessarily, Australia and New Zealand. This is what we're including when we say Western culture. There's been some debate on, should we include all of uh, Central America, South America? There's a bit of actually misconception, I would say, on geography and a lot of the Indian population of understanding what do you mean when you say America? Does that include Brazil? Does that include Argentina? So generally when people say America they mean United States of America. But it is very confusing that like North America, South America are two continents, which actually include many, 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 many different countries. And sometimes I've heard there to be like some confusion saying, oh, is Brazil a part of America? It's like, well, what do you mean by that? So when we're talking about America in this podcast, we're talking about the United States of America and we're talking about Western culture. We're talking about primarily European centric cultures that Uh, stemmed from European descent and... Economies. So that's what we mean by that.
1: Yep. Okay, so our first point
0: came to us from Rose on Instagram.
1: Yeah, and this point is quite apt in this situation because that's what you hear, and a lot of uh, problems, and the solution of those problems are caused by this particular assumption, uh, which is that Westerners have a lot of money. This, this affects the domestic economy in an in, in in elementary scale. So when Westerners are in India, there is a lot of attempt to like cheat them or try to like give them the bad deals, the worst deals possible because they're, it's assumed that they have a lot of money and their money came easy. And so we can have a part of it too because making money is probably easy in, in the West and making money is difficult in the East. So I think that's the assumption. Um, also, we, we hear a lot of people here saying, you know, like they, they just think that like if you go to the West and bring me this or bring me that, bring me an iPhone or bring me um, like really expensive gadgets or or shoes like Air Jordans. Bring um, me a computer. Bring me a computer <laughs> or a, like Apple, especially Apple products for some reason is just really... Uh, really, uh, people are taken taken with those things.
0: Why do you think people ask for those things? It's just because the idea of like money comes easy, and these things must be really cheap for Westerners. I mean,
1: this particular Apple products are a little bit cheaper, but Apple products are just so glorified in India as of like, and it is such a like so out of reach for most people that it's just glorified here. So I think that's part of the reason why everybody's talking about it. Nobody ends up getting it necessarily. Many people do get like lower versions of it.
0: I think that. <laughs> with the Apple and the iPhone thing that people think, Oh, it must not be very expensive for Americans. And that's not really true. I mean, if I found iPhones are like some are more than a thousand dollars and that's not cheap for, uh, most middle-class American people, that's actually still a big purchase. So, um, I mean, I think some people think it's like the equivalent of 500 rupees, you know, <laughs> for Americans, it's like, no this is yes like asking someone to bring you a 30,000 rupee gift like in an equivalent of someone's income here so it's kind of a lot to ask from someone.
1: second point goes with the part of the first point, like money is easy, so sort of like, like life is easy, getting a job is easier. This just means that you can make a lot of money in the West, which is really not true, especially for the people who are thinking these things on this side of the planet, especially because a lot of people who are thinking that are not very educated. People, that loss of jobs in America, in many Western countries, just means that a lot of people who are not educated will not find good jobs in the Silicon Valley and IT and technology and engineering. Those are the jobs that pay the most and those are the jobs that require skill and there are a lot of jobs that are dwindling that are low skill jobs and a lot of people here think that those jobs are the ones that make that, that yet yield a lot of money which is not necessarily true and you have to struggle for years in the West to get your licenses. People, you know, here no one has Any license, like at least in Bihar, we don't meet plumbers with license. We don't have electricians with license. We have like few building code people that have licenses, but we don't have a lot of occupations that hold their license unless you're an engineer or a doctor.
0: That's totally true. Like, I feel like that people don't understand like how many rules there are in these Western countries. Getting a job, setting up any kind of official. There are a lot of rules you have to follow. And if you are ready to follow those rules, then you're good. But you have to go through that process. Like, here in India, the whole trajectory is to subvert the rules. How can I get this done as easily as possible without having to go through all the bureaucratic mess? And generally there, there's not a lot of bureaucratic mess, but you have to follow the rules, and you have to follow the rules exactly. And in a lot of Indian people are not used to doing that, because here... The rules are so flexible and they don't even make sense and they're unfair and half the people don't follow them anyway and you can get things done without following the rules. So Western cultures are generally very rule following cultures and so I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people and sometimes even for us when we go back, I find myself rolling my eyes like, oh boy, here's the rules again, you know, come on, really, do we need these rules? <laughs> but, but that's kind of how society functions. And so it, life is not easy If you're just gonna kind of like bumble along. But if you're ready to completely take responsibility and follow each and every rule, then life will be pretty straightforward.
1: Right. And uh, I don't think people realize that the West has changed or is changing rapidly as well with the economies struggling and things like that. And uh, I think that perception of people having a lot of money only when you move to those countries and then when you realize that there are people in all different brackets. And one thing people don't realize here is that the, the ratio of expense versus income is they don't understand how much money you have to spend to live in the West. Like you may be making two thousand dollars but your rent might be seven or eight hundred dollars and, and you might be spending another three, four hundred dollars for for food or you know, you may have like left Even after everything, if you're really trying to save, you may have three or four hundred dollars left out of two thousand dollars that you can send back home. I think that's why a lot of people like stay like the cabbies I used to meet in Chicago. Mm -hmm. A lot of cabbies from India and Pakistan they used to like live in three or four guys and living in one apartment just because they're trying to save money because they are not making a lot of money. But what they're doing is they're saving as much as they can to send back home. So I think that's the only way you can actually say that. There's a lot of money in the West, but there's not. If you bring your family, if you have your kids, you have to pay for health insurance, you have to pay for, then there's not much money, at least in the USA, uh, for low-skilled workers. And all of the money, yes, you would enjoy the the, the benefits of living in America, and you would enjoy the infrastructure that America provides, and better education for your kids, but that doesn't mean you're going to be rolling in money.
0: I can't comment on all European countries or Australia, but... Uh, Canada is different in that way, that there seems to be a lot more opportunities for low-skilled labor, middle-skilled labor, blue-collar type of jobs. Their immigration policies are much more family-friendly. And for people who are falling into lower economic strata, they actually have a lot better government benefits for those people. So there there's a big difference between at least those two countries, the U.S. and Canada, as far as immigrating there. You're kind of starting from a, a lower-wage job.
1: Yeah. America's
0: not an easy place to be at all.
1: But, you know, U.S. was very pro-family before, but now they're trying to transition into into a more skilled-based immigration, I believe. But there used to be a lot of... Like, my two of my cousins have received... Um, green cards just because they were family they have no skills they got to receive their skill. they receive their green card at 16 years of age 15 years of age
0: that's that, not hap- that's that's not, happening. that's not happening anymore
1: that's not happening and it's a better system to only allow skilled workers like the way canada does and then you allow their families to come in i guess that's, that's a good thing that they're doing
0: so speaking of immigration point number 3 comments from nadine uh, one big misconception is that in India is that, oh yeah, uh, if you're a Westerner, then you should be able to get me a visa to America or Canada. And I have personally had several people ask me this. Oh yeah. Do you have any contacts of you where you can, you know, get me a visa to America? I would say that two parts to that question. Number one, as most Americans or Canadians have no idea about the immigration policies in their own country. Most people have no idea what it would take to go through that. So when you when you even mention some of the words like a green card, people don't even know what that is in America. A lot of, I mean, at least in the Midwest or in smaller towns, people actually have no idea what that means. They've heard these words, but they're like, what is that? Is that like a work permit? And you're like. No, you know, they don't know what that means. Secondly, I think that people, when they ask that question, don't have any idea how much weight that carries. Like that's a huge request to put on somebody. It's not like, oh yeah, let me just write you a letter. Like you actually have to financially put out your neck to sponsor someone to come to your country. So it's like a big risk. Yeah, and if you don't have a
1: lot of money yourself, then you forget about sponsoring anyone else. Exactly. Immigration will not even entertain that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is one of the things people on both sides don't understand how immigration works. From what I remember, U.S. Embassy in India receives the most application than any country. Many of the Western countries combined, uh, it receives more application each day. Someone told me 2,800 interviews take place in New Delhi every day to go into the U.S. And we don't know how many actually get in or not get in.
0: Not many. Probably. So one thing that someone's asked is like, oh, do you have any contacts there? It's like, it, it doesn't work that way in America. There's no there's no like, oh, I have a contact. It's the rules. You have to follow the rules. You have to go online. You have to print out the forms. You have to get all your documents. You have to submit, hire a lawyer, every, hire a lawyer submit everything. And a contact isn't going to help you at all. And that's one thing that's very different about here. If you have a contact, then you can get something done. In America, if you have a contact, that doesn't... They're going to say, okay, did you print out all the stuff from the website? Did you do all these things? If not, then I can't help you. So it doesn't really matter if you're connected or not connected. Everyone has to go through the same process of immigration, whether you're rich, poor, connected, or not connected. So the next point... I've had several people ask me this question. Oh, in, in Western countries, there's one religion. So it's so much easier to unite and control people, get some of a consensus to make policies. It's like, I have no idea where this idea came from. <laughs> India has a lot of religious diversity, but the whole premise of these Western countries is they were built on freedom of religion, liberty. You can follow any religion you want. And we have a huge diversity of religion in U.S., Canada. Um, And and, and it's
1: always been true that being from the same mega religion doesn't dictate political ideology or social ideology and cultural ideology or the narratives that exist. There are multiple narratives, multiple ideologies that exist. I don't think people think. People think religion is not the only binding factor into these ideologies. They're just, actually now at this point, I mean, they are one one factor. Maybe 100 years ago and beyond, they, they used to be much more binding. But even then, I think there was a lot of wars and strife between... You know, between different nations in the West and Protestants and Catholics and Anglicans and whatever. So basically, religion has never been the only uniting factor ever.
0: One thing that's very, very different to understand about Western culture from Indian culture and even many cultures in the Middle East and Southeast Asia, South Asia, and even in East Asia is that in in Western countries individualism runs so deep that religion is not something that you are born into. Religion is a personal choice. So when people are born, people don't assume that, oh, your parents are are you know Jewish, so you're going to grow up and want to follow the Jewish faith. Or your parents are Protestant Christian, so you're going to grow up in the same thing. That's yeah. not how it is. People have the choice to decide what religion they want to follow and actually there or are not m- follow. Or not follow. There are many people who were born to Christian parents who decide later they want to follow Buddhism or kids who are born to Muslim parents who decide that they don't want to be religious at all and they just want to live a more agnostic type of life where they said, I don't really, I'm not very religious and I just want to live my life and I don't really follow Islam or any of these teachings. So that's very common in the Western country. So it's not like if they're born into something that that's just what they are.
1: The next misconception is that uh, that children of Western parents can pretty much do anything they want and there are no repercussions or they're not accountable to their parents after they're 18 or once they grow up. This is like the negative side of it or positive side you know some people might find this positive uh, because a lot of people might say oh you know like I have to be an engineer or a doctor or I have to study this or that because my parents want it. Well in your country you don't have to do that because your parents are not forcing you. That could be the positive maybe on the surface level it may sound positive but it also has a negative influence where people just assume that you don't really take care of your parents you abandon your parents because you're you are totally not accountable to them they are not accountable to you and that you don't care because you have your own life you don't live in a joint family so basically there is this understanding that people are somehow like totally individualistic to the extent where they don't even care for their parents or families, which is simply not true
0: I've had a number of people ask me so in America when you turn 18 you have to move out of your parents' house? it's like, no (laughs) <laughs> That's not true at all. Uh, basically, what it is is when in U.S., when someone turns 18, they're legally an adult. So they can do a lot of things like they can get married without parental consent. I think in some states it might be less than that. But um, uh, you can decide if you don't want to finish your school at 18. You can make a lot of decisions and your parents legally cannot... Force you to do anything legally. You're your own adult, and legally your parents don't have. But also, there is. But
1: there are people who, who who would like their kids to start living by themselves by eighteen, nineteen, But that is usually so that, the, so that those people can act like adults or start living with responsibility and paying their own bills so that they learn quickly, so that they can be an adult. That's, this whole philosophy of being an adult is much more prominent in the West than in India. Yeah. In India, adulthood is just a growing process. In Bihar, they say, mm-hmm. being, getting married, one of the things... And then getting a job is like after your college is one of the growing steps of growth. So I think that here is a more continuous process. I like, think
0: there that um, people, when they get their own apartment, that's kind of a big deal. It's like, oh, wow, you're really kind of out on your own. You're you're adulting is what one thing we say nowadays, but you've really become an adult. You're living on your own. And that's not because people are going against their parents. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm leaving my parents and doing my own thing. It's not that parents want their children to live with them the whole life. And that is a huge difference here, is that there's kind of that desire that parents want their children, most, at least Indian parents, want, they want their sons to stay with them through their whole life. And that is not the case at all. Or thing. in the
1: West, anywhere.
0: Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that there was a break in the relationship. It doesn't mean that there was a fight. It's actually because of individualism runs so deep what it means to run your own life
1: yeah i also think on your own economies in the west allows a young person to get their own apartment because with a, the part-time salary you can still sort of afford an apartment with a roommate or two here with a it would be it is becoming more and more possible in a bigger city but it's not possible to on a part-time salary to be able to live alone um, you just won't be able to do it unless you're from like, again, like unless you're, you know, when left your village, went to a big city just to make money so that you can just send some money back home to your village. That those are the people who might be able to do that. But otherwise, if you're lower middle class, middle class, trying to normal Indian person who's trying to get ahead, I would say you would not be able to sustain your life with a part-time job. You have to live with your parents. And that is precisely what's becoming like in for the millennials in the US currently in the last 10 years, where they are not able to afford their own life without staying with their parents because things are becoming expensive and they, they, the wages have not grown for part-time work.
0: And I think that one other thing that goes along with this is we are talking about relationships and marriage is that I've heard, or I guess it's not directly, but kind of insinuated of like, oh, everyone has love marriages there, right? Is there arranged marriage? And it's not that people are going against their parents by having love marriages. It's not like that at all. This is just simply not the system anymore. Back 100, 150 years ago, yeah, it was kind of the system. But really, that was phased out post-Industrial Revolution when women were going into the workforce and women were having more rights in the early 20th century when women got to vote. All of these things were like a huge push forward for women's rights and they're having a more individualistic outlook. In India, some of these things are happening now, which is really fascinating. Women are really getting into the workforce in huge ways, in the middle class, and uh, this is kind of a newer thing. So I'd be interested to see what happens in India with this. But in the West, if you would ask your parents to arrange your marriage, they wouldn't even know what to do. Um, Parents don't want to arrange their children's marriage. The whole goal of parenting is to raise them as an individual and as someone that can make their own decisions and who can live a healthy adult life on their own. And if they consult you on things, if they want to involve you in things, that is definitely, I think, a part of most people's relationships. They want their parents' opinion. They want their parents' blessing. They want They have a relationship with their parents, to see their parents. It's not that, oh, after 18, now you're done and we're living on our own. No, there's still an ongoing relationship that considers, but that decision-making power is transferred to the child, to the individual in a slow process of becoming an adult. So bringing that to the next point is that I've heard, oh, people in America, abandon their appearance when they're older. People in Western countries don't care about their parents. That is not true at all. This is kind of difficult, I think, to understand for Indian people, but a lot of Western people like to be alone. Again, and this comes down to individualism, a lot of older people don't want to live with their children. They want to have their own space, And I know that they would feel sad if no one visited them or called them or checked up on them, but they don't want to live with their children a lot of times. It's something that in India is just completely not the case. People want to be together. People feel very lonely if they're by themselves. Obviously, a relationship is needed, but Western people really like their space. And they like to, a lot of times, be on their own, one thing that I think India, and I've heard people ask me here, is that, oh, nursing home is like, you know, basically hell on earth. And, and in some cases, it can be difficult, you know, if an older person is put in a nursing home in a Western country, but a lot of time they're cared for really well, and their kids visit them, and they have a good community because a lot of other older people are also living there. They have good food. They have nursing care there for them. So it's not like they're just dumped off somewhere and never to be seen again. That's so the,
1: some of the some of the nursing homes are like that here because the culturally doesn't make sense or people. It's highly unacceptable for parents to not be staying with their kids, the grown up fifty year old, sixty year old kids. Uh, so basically here, they are genuine cases of being them being dumped. So I think here people see what nursing homes are about, and the media portrays it as as like abandonment, full rejection from the family. And there's a, a lot of it has to do with inheritance. Sometimes here they portray, oh, the son got everything that they needed for the house or the little land, and then they rejected their family. So that's the narrative you hear If you're alone as an old person, that actually means either your family lives abroad or your kids live abroad, or you have been abandoned within India, like your kids actually, you had a fight or your kids turned out, what do you call them, bad apples. I actually recently met a guy, uh, the rickshaw guy, the cycle rickshaw guy in New Delhi, and I asked him how much he's going to charge me, and he said, like, 30 rupees or something. And I'm like, that's awfully low. Um, But I wondered why he said 30 rupees. Then I started talking to him, and I got on it, uh, then found out that he has moved from Bihar two days ago as a 65-year-old man to ride a cycle rickshaw in New Delhi. New Delhi is not, and, and, you know, old part of New Delhi is not the most convenient and easy place to live for an immigrant within India. So, so it's just like, and then, you know, I knew like the next question, what I needed to ask him, because I knew what would, would have transpired in his life. So then I asked him exactly why he's there, what happened. So I, and, you know, I didn't want to ask him directly. So, but then I just sort of insinuated, like, oh, yeah, nowadays children don't really support their family as much or they're in their own world. And then he opened up right away. And then he just started talking about how his son turned out to be a bad apple and he just does not. I mean, in this old age, he has to come and start working. So basically, that's the story, the negative story that you hear. And that, like, if if you take that and put that on the Western people, Western culture, Western economies, Western individualistic way of living, then you're not going to get the same outcome. It's just a totally different story there, totally different narrative there. Um, So, like Jessica said, people want to live by themselves. They want to be visited. They want to have, but they also want their space. They still want to watch their own shows. Eat their own
0: food and have their own friends and not be intertwined with the lives of their children. That's not And a lot of
1: people don't want little kids all the time in their face, older people. Yeah. I mean, they will, like, take them away. You know, it's like, okay, I'm done. It's like... So here, older people are used to like constantly having kids because it's you're living in one home, so you're just highly, highly nimble, or just your, unless your heart and life is kind of entwined with other people. I don't know if one is better than the other, but I think balance is what I think is because I think what Indian people miss out on a lot of. Creative things by not you know having space of creating something different or enjoying their space to a certain extent but I also think Western people might miss out on certain things that that allows them to to, you know to compromise on nimbleness
0: multi-generational living has a lot of benefits and now people are in the West are talking about that again of we need to bring this back this is one of the things that we've lost from our individualistic culture. Last point, and one thing that I think people don't directly ask, but is sometimes in the back of their mind, is that Westerners are all immoral and all sleeping around. And
1: like, I think that is basically painted by Hollywood.
0: Yeah, the way they
1: portray, and everyone knows, even in the West, that that's not how sexuality works or relationship works out in that's just a minority uh, like one or two percent five percent ten percent people probably end up having that kind of lifestyle majority of people don't live like that and don't behave like that so and there are protocols and there are like rules so basically that most people don't understand
0: yeah, like un- there's a lot of unspoken rules of like the whole dating culture about sexuality and there are a lot of unspoken rules. It's not just a complete free for all that you portray in the- it's not like when you watch these movies people are just doing whatever they feel like all the time. But they it's only not have like one that. and
1: a half hours to to show everything. all the drama they have to show. So basically, they are taking advantage of that. They cannot show the the evolution of romance and all of that. And and there is this underlying rhetoric that erosion of whatever morality, which it does, I mean, everyone knows that, you know, West is much more free. If you want to give it moral reason, uh, some people may not agree that it has anything to do with morality. You know, for some people, it is just living independent, free, more free than before. And for other people who are religious, for them, they may define the same thing as lack of morality or erosion of moral values of of the West but it, either way you know it's it's never considered you know like there, there are no rules to, the, to this or there are no like there is ethics there is you know proper respect and stuff like that involved and most people agree with that and if you don't agree with that then you are the minority and you are like the 3% 5%
0: and people also comment a lot of so many people are getting divorced in the West. And that is true that there's a higher divorce rate. It's around, what, 50% of d- marriages end in divorce.
1: Many many relationships don't end up in marriage. Uh, this is live-in relationships. And in India, live-in relationships in the current era, in the last 10, 20 years, have generally only existed among young people, millennials. And I think that's going to increase in the coming generations. But people who are older, like it is almost impossible to think that anyone who's older is in a living relationship with anybody. If you're older than 40, and you're in a living relationship, that means you're a celebrity. In India. In India, or or, or a
0: sports celebrity or a Bollywood celebrity. You have so much privilege and power that it doesn't matter. You can do literally whatever you want. Um, So I would say that the divorce rate, I don't think it necessarily is related to morality. I think it's related to individualism and people wanting to pursue happiness. One thing in the West is that I think people are not guided by shame as their overall guiding principle in life. People are really pursue happiness and individual freedom. And I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Um, in India, there's a strong sense of what I do affects the people around me. And almost there's sometimes too much of a sense of my every action is affecting those around me You're and I have
1: paralyzed. to. You're always paralyzed to even make the right choices because what would other people say or what would my family say? Because there are some Bad patterns or cultural patterns that have that have existed that would be considered very regressive for Western people, but people cannot even make those decisions otherwise because the pressure of the family, pressure of their uh, pressure of their surroundings. But again, you know, like there are different Indias. Some people are breaking out of that in the bigger cities. Majority still live under a lot of pressure about what other people think about them. Uh, You know, in in the West, you know, when you talk think about talk about other people, you always like people will always mention it in the books about oh keeping up with the Joneses. That is not what we're talking about. Keeping up with the Joneses here. Keeping up with the Joneses usually refers to in the West like oh they got a car, so I'm just also gonna get the same car, or I you know like that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about pressures that exist in the family and why you make some certain choices out of shame.
0: Yeah, that's no, that's a good point is just the difference between shame culture versus guilt culture of I feel guilty because of my personal feelings because of my individual choices but in India it's I feel ashamed because of what other people think about me and so I think that that's one reason why a lot of people here stay in marriages and if they're not happy or that's not even a consideration is oh do I have to be happy it's like I need to perform my duty I need to take care of the family this is what my life is all about is what other people think what I'm doing to fulfill my responsibilities as a human. And that's, uh, in the West, we think differently about those things. This is
1: more of a Buddhist way of thinking and a Hindu way of thinking. But also, you know, it, it, you know, some people might say it's like all religions in the world probably teach the same, these type of principles of fulfilling your duties and all that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's up to the listeners to, to judge what's a um, better pathway. But I think there is a balance between happy and, and, and duties, sense of what it means to, if you're just doing your duties without being having any joy or happiness, then that probably needs to be addressed. But if you're just doing everything just for happiness and just jumping from relationship to relationship, then that is definitely not going to yield a good society, good children, good strong communities. It's just not going to do it. And you know it's sort of evident in the West that erosion of, uh, of, of communities and kids. And I mean, I think depression Gun violence and, uh, and mental health issues and, uh, and, and drugs are sort of, you know, result of, of broken families. And, and, and just uh, deterioration and disintegration of anything that would, would, would uh, be called a family. So I think, yeah, that's that's something that we do need to pay attention, everyone needs to pay attention. In in, in in Asian cultures, or at least in South Asian culture, you have to pay attention of how you are using shame to man, uh, to manipulate people and control people's lives and do things that are not good for the community. And in the West, you have to realize how you're using the freedom and the independence and the pursuit of happiness to break communities and to 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 create um, to create long-term repercussions and long-term um, degradation of the culture.
0: Very well said. So I think most of the themes that we've circled around have come back to the misconceptions the misconceptions about the West and India mostly have to do with not understanding the thread that individualism pretty much undergirds everything in the west so i think that would be the last underlying point and thank you so much for sending in your questions for sending in these points for those of you that wrote in and please keep commenting let us know what you think about this episode comment on our page write us on favorite podcatcher and and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening